your dang saying shit spring 50s A to the K, get in the way, I bring Dre and them with me And turn this day into fucking mayhem, you staying with me? Don't let me lose you, I'm not trying to confuse you When I let loose with this Uzi and just shoot through your Isuzu You get the message, am I getting through to you? You know what's coming, you motherfuckers don't even know, do you? Take some big and some pop, can you mix them up in a pot? Sprinkle a little big yellow top, what the fuck do you got? You got the realest and illest killers tied up in a knot The juggernauts of this rap shit, like it or not It's like a fight to the top just to see who died for the spot You put your life in this, nothing like surviving a shot Y'all know what time it is, soon as 50 signs on this dot Shit, what you know about death threats, cause I get a lot Shady records was 80 seconds away from the top When some cowards fought with the wrong building They meant to hit ours better Welcome to another episode of Bengals and Brews. I figured no other way to start the day without at least some highlights of the game from Sunday. I loved reliving it. I felt like I was right back there. How was that in person, Bridget? Oh my gosh. It was so fun. I know the ladies of Tigress talk uh, yesterday or last night talked about their experiences, or at least Jess and Whitney did. And the Superdome is so ugly on the outside, right? It looks like a mushroom. It is just an ugly building. But then you go in and they have the coolest like game day vibe, like bands and DJs and the music and the light show. It was awesome. And to cap it off with a Bengals W was just like chef's kiss. Were you ever worried? Yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Some people will try to lie, you know, and it's like, you're lying. Of course you're Oh, worried. no. You're worried the whole game. A whole game. Yeah. I always know we can do it. I just sometimes worry if we will. Yeah. Tyler, how are you doing? How's Phil doing? How's the entire Bengal Fan Counseling crew doing? Everybody's a little bit more calm this week, so. That's good. That's good. Because we good. needed it, right? Man, when we lose, yeah. Twitter is a wild, wild west on there, man. Oh it's, God, it's... I, I was, I was worried about Phil all weekend. If we would have lost uh, on Sunday, what he was going to be like. So yeah, it would have been hard to live and... with. Oh God, thankfully we won, so we don't have to worry about that. For sure. I just want to go ahead and throw our promo code out before we bring Brandon on. I do believe he's ready here in just a minute. So. um our promo code for Bremminghorn is Bengal Brew. You can get 15% off your purchase of mead. So that is Bengal Brew. No S's on that. Make sure you check it out. It's two or more bottles. You obviously have to be 21 or over to purchase. So check those guys out if you get a chance to. Also have some stuff to talk about with Beth coming up, but we'll save that for later in the show. Let's get to the reason you're all here. Brandon Soho. Welcome, Brandon. I don't know if the reason What's is... The reason? Uh, no, I don't know about that. Y'all do a pretty good job at this. I'm appreciative of you guys bringing me on, and I see we got a puppy sneaking in with Bridget already. <laughs> well, she may have a little something to do with the mental health piece, but also I want to make sure, Tyler, you'll appreciate this. Do you see that? I got a little FC Cincinnati set Oh, yeah. I did, I did spot that earlier. So orange and blue tonight. Hopefully we can uh, shock the world and defeat Philly. So that game's right around 8, correct, Tyler? Yes, sir. I think you were like, yes, I can come on, but I am out of there by 755. I don't care what you said, what we're talking about. Yeah, 755, I'm darting. I don't care if it's mid-sentence. So, Brandon, do you want to just kind of give us some – I know it's, uh, it's wherever you want to start, really, because I know you're starting the Mental Game podcast, and that starts on November 1st. You've got some incredible guests lined up, but it's something personable to you. So share as much as you want. You don't want, you know, whatever you want to do with it. Well, I'm pretty much an open book, so you guys can can ask any questions you want. I mean, I'll just start off by saying this. You know, I think a lot of people know I'm from Cincinnati. I grew up there. I kind of bounced around in TV like you do. Worked at Channel 5 for the last five years, the NBC station in Cincinnati, covering the Bengals, Reds, UC, Xavier, FC Cincinnati. They beat Philly earlier this year, got the draw, I think. So there's a chance. There's still a chance. Um, But, you know, mental health has always been something I've been – I don't know if passionate about is the right word, but I've been, I've noticed it because I've struggled with it since I was 14 years old where, uh, you know, I've, I've put this in a letter that I put out kind of when I took time away from, from reporting after the Super Bowl that the first time I, I thought about suicide, I was 14. And I remember my mom almost catching me with a knife in the kitchen and I rushed, put it away and went back to bed. But 
like I had no idea that that was just like the start of it. And so, um, yeah, I just dealt with it my entire life from, you know, just this feeling of being alone, even though I was a pretty popular kid. I had a lot of friends. I, um, dated, I liked sports. I, I went to games. I, you know, went to UC, had this great job and, and even still at that point, you know, just life hits you. And so the last couple of years, I've really tried to take it seriously. And then also, you know, during that time was the hardest year of my life. Um, you know, work was really hard. Uh, it was fun. I mean, the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl and the University of Cincinnati was going to the college football playoff. But at the same time, you know, I'm getting emails and texts at 8 a.m. when I don't go into the office at, till 2. Then I'm there till midnight. You're on the road at these games or you're in studio late you know, doing post-game shows. And at the same time, in those three months, I lost three family members, one of them being my cousin Ben, who was basically an older brother to me. He, I got a call when I was in Nashville the day before the game, and I was about 10 minutes from a live shot. My cousin Zach called me, and us three are like brothers, always have been. And he called me, and he just said, hey, I need you to sit down. I said, dude, stop like messing with me. Like I'm about to go on TV. And he's like, they found Ben dead in his car, and that's all we know. And I just like – hit the floor. I had no idea. I like went on, did my live shot 10 minutes and then they gave me the rest of the night off. Um, but he was supposed to be at that game. Like as a fan, him and his best friend, uh, were going to meet me down there while I reported on it. And so that was, that was just a really heartbreaking kind of tough thing to power through. And luckily I had, you know, the Bengals, which we bonded over in football and they won. And I, I don't think I've told this publicly, but I actually missed Evan's field goal. Cause I was running from the press box down to the field for post game. And I just kind of thought like, I was mad. I missed it. And then I'm like, you know what? Ben got to see it. Like that was like his moment. Like that was him helping, you know, us, you know, win that game. And so those were really, really tough things for me. And then the biggest thing, which I keep my like relationship life pretty private, but I, that was, a, I included it when I took time off work or when I put that letter out a few months ago on Twitter was, you know, I, the person I thought I was going to marry left me and, and it was a very, very toxic, emotionally abusive, you know, ending. And it was, it destroyed me. And so I was suicidal for two months and I, I got to the point where I wrote a goodbye letter and um, was okay with, you know, not being here anymore. And that's when I, you know, when I, I woke up and I called my therapist and I begged her to check me into a mental health hospital as soon as possible. And I went the next Monday and it's not all better, you know, right away you had, I had to go through, you know, therapy classes, medicine. Um, I still had to deal with my ex and, and trying to work through um, like that breakup, which took a toll on, on me and still does to this day. But six months ago, you know, I was thinking about suicide still. And since I got out of that, you know, I, I did two weeks at the Linder center of hope in Mason, which is just a amazing place that saved my life. And, um, yeah. So since then I haven't thought about, you know, suicide or, you know, I've had down nights, everybody struggles, but you know, I was crying every freaking day, not getting out of bed till one. Like I, I dreaded going to work. I dreaded still having to, you know, see, um, my ex and I was able to get help. And that's the big thing for me is like now with mental health, this is a heat, long, long-winded answer, but the big thing no. with mental health is just is just do something. Like you can't sit around. Like I'm someone that's suffered. I wouldn't say at, at the highest level, but I my I've been pretty severely, you know, diagnosed with chronic, chronic depression, and and um, it took me 12 years. It took me until 2020 to go see a therapist. You know, I said four. I you know started at 14. Like it, it just it was. It's crazy that it took that long, but like, I'm just thankful that, you know, when I wrote that goodbye letter and, you know, full transparency, you know, I took some pills and like, just prayed that I wasn't going to wake up. And the fact that I woke up, like, I'm just blessed that that happened. And I, you know, was able to get the help that I needed and not everybody's in that state of mind. I mean, there were countless nights over the past, you know, five years you know, walking home from bars drunk, like I've thought about jumping into the Ohio river or, you know, my, my cousin Zach had to pick me up one day. Cause I, I, or one night, cause I was going to lay in traffic next to the casino. Cause I just was, I, I was done. Um, 
but not everybody has that like that either the resources or the willpower or whatever and that's like the goal of what i'm doing now is to try to help people find that and the real big reason why i couldn't do anything is like my mom like there's no way i could put her through that pain of losing a child and like i i just i thank god our relationship is super close because that's what that's what literally held me on when i'm sitting there on a bridge waiting you know thinking about jumping off it's so i don't know if i answered the question but i just kind of gave you a rundown of where i've been at the past few years no i think uh stories are very very powerful like uh um my daughter, uh, 14 as well. So she finally said I could talk about this stuff. I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, but with you coming on and what you're doing. So she also took pills. She had been cutting herself and things like that and hiding it from us. And she had to go to uh, Children in Columbus. And uh, that's been two and a half years. So, I mean, she's doing a lot better now. But like you said, you just, and even as a parent, I don't know day to day, you know, what's going through her head. You try to, be as open and talk and it seems like she's in a great place, but you just never really know. So like what you're doing and the awareness and trying to, you know, break the stigma that it's okay to talk to people. Like it's okay to seek that help. You know, she's been in counseling since then and things like that. And I think without that, you know, I might not have my daughter and then, you know, so I, I, I think it's very important to spread the messages, to spread st our stories, to spread whatever we can to just let people know that it's okay. No, no doubt about it. And I, I'm so happy that, that your daughter was able to get help and you guys can have those conversations and those resources are there. And that's the, um, that, that's the thing is a lot more people, um, suffer from, you know, mental health, whether it's, you know, someone, your daughter's age is somebody 60 years old. Like I, and I, you know, I have to do a better job of responding to people, but I got an email from somebody a couple of days ago that, you know, they're like a, in their sixties and had struggled with it their entire life. And just like, kind of were like, I'm looking forward to this podcast because I, I can relate to, you know, these people that are on TV or in the NFL or, you know, winning or, you know, competing for Grammy awards. Like the, like it's it, when you can relate to people a lot more, I think it helps. Um, and that was kind of my thing with like, I've always spoke up about depression, but not like in the level. And I still, I mean, it's crazy. I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I didn't know what it was like for all these athletes that I had interviewed um, for, you know, I'm a, you know, seven, eight years, but like, I'm getting, I'm going on podcasts and people are asking me questions and I'm thinking like, how much do I want to say? And like, how much do I want to open up? Because like, I, I feel you now I feel what it's like to be an interviewee where you're like filtering stories. Cause there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't, you know, said, whether it be like, just cause I'm not ready or with respect to my ex or like, you know, whatever, I, but I want to open up as much as I can, because like you said, those stories help people. Like I've, it's been incredible when I put out that, this letter on Twitter, like six months ago, when I checked myself in after I got out, like some of the messages I got, like just about being relatable were like, that's, that's what, that's where the whole idea came from. When I saw that my story and like me opening up and I'm just like a local TV reporter in Cincinnati, I'm like, what happens if I can sit down with, you know, Ricky Williams, like I'm doing, or Joe Thomas or Kate Flannery from the office, like these people that have massive fans that like, they also have mental health issues and people just don't know it. And so opening up that conversation and telling those stories like you talked about, Dale, is super important. Yeah. And with that, I just think that, you know, especially like what you're doing where you're interviewing these people with bigger names and stuff and kids look up to them. So for younger kids, you know, that's huge to be like, oh, well, here's this, this, you know, guy I've looked up to in sports for so long, you know, sitting here telling me that he, he sees a counselor, you know, maybe I should go, you know, think about that. Cause I've been having some thoughts I don't really like that I'm having, you know? So I think it's great what you're doing. I really appreciate it. And uh, Bridget, did you kind of want to talk about, you know, a little bit with uh, everything that with the, the, the dog run away with, with the dog we took too long? For she's the... well, she's right there. So my dog actually spends every Saturday afternoon at the Lindner Center. Um, oh, wow. My yeah, she's so Violet is a therapy dog. She's not one of those dogs that like is certified to go on a plane just because we don't want to pay for a ticket. Uh, she 
is an actual um, Cincinnati-based therapy dog. And my husband started just a few months ago, Animal Companion Counseling, which is an animal-based therapeutic practice. So I was telling Dale, when he invited me on this episode, he didn't know any of my history. So my husband and I actually met in our master's of social work program. And so we were focused on um, care for humanity. And I went in a different route. I now work at a nonprofit, um, every day that's focused on economic mobility for kids and families. And so much of that is about making sure people have what they need to feel healthy. And he, um, is now a, a care provider in Cincinnati and, one of the things we're noticing, so Brandon, thank you just so much for sharing the stories and sharing your vulnerability. I think it's really hard, especially for men to share the that vulnerability. I mean, it's hard for all of us, but I mm-hmm. think being able to norm that for men, especially men who do like manly things, like be interview, you know, our sports. I don't know. Let's, I'm not the most manly. Thing, <laughs> but, like. but right. I mean, you got jerseys behind you, right? There's this stigma we have, mm-hmm. but especially for men about either not speaking about it or it's just in your head. I mean, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder at the age of 18. I moved to Chicago out of rural Michigan because I needed to like be somebody, right? I couldn't be stifled anymore by my rural hometown. Mm -hmm. And I started having these panic attacks and I didn't know what they were. And I had all of these feelings of inadequacy and, um, I've seen therapists. I'm now on like my seventh anxiety medication, which is Boost Bar. So if anyone has anxiety and is going through medications, that's one that's really worked for me. Um, But I just think it's so important to talk about it. And especially in this time, sorry, I'm on my soapbox now just because this is so important to me. And sorry, this cat just like is that a she's therapy also, cat as well? She's not. She's just annoying. But I <laughs> she love wants her. to be right. She wants to be. I, I, so with the with what we've all experienced over the last couple years, with so much isolation, with uh, so much um, inequity in conversations about race and harm and pain, uh, there's such a shortage of providers and care. And there's such a great need right now. If we look at data, the number of young people who are experiencing mental health issues is extraordinary. The number of adults who are experiencing it is so extraordinary. So I am so appreciative, Dale, for you creating this space for us to talk about it today, Brandon, for you to start norming this right? Reduce the stigma. Mental health is physical health. I mean, this is just like going to your doctor and getting a a physical or I know I just commented on Jess's uh, tweet about getting an annual checkup. I just got diagnosed with high blood pressure, which I think is connected to my anxiety. But I did that because I said something doesn't feel right. And I'm going to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of different types of mental health diagnoses, and some are very um, emergent and uh, urgent, and others are, hey, I'm having a hard time dealing with something, or I'm having these weird thoughts, or I, I've, I'm i hyperventilating, and I don't know why I'm getting this stressed. And so being able to norm this and reduce the stigma and hopefully get more people also into providing care, I think is so critical. There's a lot of thoughts. Um, but this just feels like such an important space. And I'm so grateful that people are willing to share their stories. No, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Usually this is a uh, wild. Uh, All right. Well, like you were talking about the, you were talking about the stigma, like with men speaking out and I like, didn't really ever think about it like that because I've kind of been a bitch my entire life. And so but when I said that out loud at um, like at the Linder Center of Hope, when I was, you know, going through all those all these classes and, and seeing therapists, one of the instructors was like, well, that's the problem. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you just called yourself a bitch. So you're like making it like you're stigmatizing it. But like if you speak up, you're like you're soft, you're weak, you're whatever. And I'm like, oh, I never like 
even thought about it like that. So Bridget, when you said that, like that is, that's one of the, and I didn't realize it either until like I, that. And then when I put out like a tweet about like kind of my experiences and I'm, I got a lot of, you know, men that reached out to me or, you know, kids in college, high school that were like, you know, we, we're not supposed to talk about this or we can't talk about it. I'm like, I didn't even realize there was a stigma and I was like part of it, but it's, um, yeah, that's why I think like getting some of these get like, so Joe Thomas Brown's great. Going to be in the hall of fame one year or one day. He, um, he opened up to me about like at the end of his career. And this will be in one of the first episodes is, um, and I think it's a story he hasn't really told anyone or I haven't been able to find it where there's after a game, after he lost to Tom Brady, the final time he just like got in the car with his wife. And for the first time, like broke down and just cried in front of her and lost it. And he just realized that his whole career was him losing. Like no matter how good he played, it, it felt like a failure to him. And he was lying to himself about the Browns ever being good. And so he actually went to the team psychiatrist after that and started seeing them regularly as he ended his career to try to figure out how to get past this and then also how to move on to life without football. So that's just like one of the examples of, of things that I think these conversations are really going to open up and people at home, you know, John Smith, who's a Browns fan and has been struggling with shit for the last five years, hates his job, or maybe he's going through a divorce, whatever it is. He hears his favorite Brown of all time talking about how he had to go see a psychiatrist after they lost so much. I hope that that's gonna, you know, help people want to get help. Yeah, for sure. Tyler, did you have anything you wanted to share or just questions for Brandon or anything in general, honestly? Um, man, um, you know, when you, you invited me on this, uh, I saw the men's health thing and I, I was just like, okay, we, we can talk about this because I've, I've battled my own stuff and uh, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've fought back tears a couple times already in this episode, so um, – I cry all the time. It's fine. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it, it takes me back to uh, 2013. Um, yeah. Uh, I lost. Give me a second. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Take your time, Tyler. Yeah. 2013, I lost my best friend. Um, but, oh, man. Uh, give me a second here. You're you're fine. It's not it's not easy stuff to talk about, you know. And if you don't yeah. if you don't feel comfortable talking about it on here, that's fine too. Like you know, let me whatever. Uh, let me step, whatever away, you need. Let me step away for a second. Let me step you're away. good, man. Absolutely. So. Brandon, uh, I believe your first guest is that uh, Sam Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have Sam on first. He was like the you know, first, first person to text me back, him and I have been close, um, you know, just cause I covered the team for, you know, five years and we're about the same age ish. Um, but yeah, no, he's going to be my first guest and, you know, Sam doesn't have a crazy story about battling mental health, you know, um, on a scale like I did, or maybe like his teammate Hayden Hurst who, you know, is a suicide survivor. Um, but I think, these these conversations can relate to anyone just the level that they're at and one of the things he talks about is one the losing seasons and how he dealt with that early on in his career and two he was kind of in that era of the first the first um athlete that went through the internet with recruiting high school college and pro so he kind of talked about the challenges of that like what it's like to always like you know have people out with their phones looking at you or taking pictures and you know, even if you're having a shitty day, you got to like, you want to like make someone's day by taking a picture with them at Kroger, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a very, very, um, like cool thing to hear. Like these guys realize the impact they have, even if it's kind of a burden to them. There's just so many comments. We kind of been focused, you know, here, but I, I see all the comments guys and I love that you're sharing with us. I, Try, try to get to more. Oh, wow. There is a lot. I didn't know how to do that. Um, yeah, I have to bring them up, but I was kind of where we were just kind of, you know, telling our stories. It was kind of an awkward place. So I'll kind of try to go back and maybe just get some of them that. Yeah, I'll answer any. If there's like questions that people have, I, like 
I can answer stuff. But, uh, And then, yeah, I mean, I agree with that, James. I think it's very important that we share this. Um, just everybody th- seems like thankful for what you're doing. Um, and then we had a comment about the dog. We don't want to leave out the dog. Very well-behaved <laughs> dog. Setting handsome is wonderful. Thanks she's, for the stories. She's usually <laughs> right there during every piece of Bengals content. Yeah, huge Bengals fan, huge Bengals fan. But, yeah, I mean, there's someone to check the same same, like, I, I don't personally know you, Brandon, but I would DM me anytime if you need to. Mm-hmm. Like, I say that to about anybody. Like, I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. Yeah, I know Hoss has kind of been sharing a little bit with me, and, you know, he's had a tough time with necessarily what to say, what not to say, you know. He thought he was alone for a long time, so. I yeah. saw a comment. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm new at this. Like, the, yeah. If you see something, tell me, and I'll try to find yeah, it. Yeah, I see so many to catch up on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, Eric asks, as a parent, I struggle with knowing what's a warning sign, yes. what's a teenager, uh, being a teenager, and when is the time to intervene. That's you know probably more of a question for you than me because I just know like for me when I was going through my stuff, like I said it, like I heard my mom coming down the hallway and I bolted away and tried to hide it as best as possible. Yeah, and I don't know that there's, like, one answer to that at all. I mean, I, I would just say try to talk and make your your kids or your if you're a coach, your team, feel as comfortable as possible opening up to you, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, I'm also a teacher, so I see it from that end, too. I try to make the kids feel as comfortable as possible. But then it's like, you know, I feel like a failure because my own daughter tried to harm her. You know what I mean? That's, like, the thing, and then it's hard to talk about, but. You know, you just can't always control everything. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know if there is like the a hundred percent or a thousand percent like right answer for it, but it's just, you know, hopefully having a good relationship with those that you love and being able to spot like warning signs. Like for me, like my, and this is not like for like a teenager, I would hope, but like my warning signs are, you know, like I like to drink, I like to go out. So like I became I don't know. People could probably see it on TV where I was like gaining weight because I was out like three, four or five nights a week drinking, like trying to like get away from these issues. Um, And so like that's one thing for me. Or like if you notice like your friend is real quiet all of a sudden not replying, you know, on text right away. You know, there's certain things that everyone do. Everyone does that is like a warning sign on the flip side. There's also like coping mechanisms. Like for me, I love music. So like I love just blaring music on my porch or driving around and like when i do that like that kind of helps me calm down and you know get in a better headspace yeah for for my daughter it was drawing you know she loves to draw mm-hmm. she's a pretty good artist i'm like if that was me there's no way like i'm sorry i would be more upset because it's like this is another stick figure dale can you do anything else besides stick figure dale but no terrible i see uh Hude joe biggest thing i witnessed with my brother or the poor treatment options, unless you had a lot of money. I've tried to find charities that try to address that. Brandon, any insight on this? One thing I know, and because I'm hoping I can work with them on this, and this is one of their first things they're doing, is um, the Joe Burrow Foundation is for children is giving back to 20 families, paying off those medical expenses. And that's the one, that's the one thing with mental health that I'm about to start speaking up on because I um, like I don't get covered for anything now. Like I had great insurance at my last job. And now, like, they're like nothing. Like, that, it, it's insane that yeah. mental health is lo- like I was denied insurance by a really, really big provider because of my history with mental health. Like, it was that explicit. And so, I, I hope to be able to bring some awareness to that and talk about that with some of my guests. I know we're working to um, get some. I don't know if nonprofits is the right word, but like a company on hopefully that will help with telehealth and maybe giving away like free um, three free therapy sessions or a month free, something like that. That's all stuff we're going through, but it is such a headache. I'm discovering now that like with mental health, like the, the way the healthcare system works with it is insane. And it is so expensive, like full transparency, like the lender center of hope saved my life, but without like help from my dad, like I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Like it was, 
thousands of dollars, like thousands and thousands of dollars. And, but it's something that I needed. So I understand the question because you want to get help for your brother, your friend, yourself, but I mean, it is so expensive. So there's got to be a way to figure this out. And I think it, healthcare will evolve at some point. There's no choice because people are speaking up so much. And the, and the need, like you said, Bridget, is is insane. Like I'm talking to people with kids and like they're asking me for advice. And I'm like, well, you know, go see a therapist, do this, do that. Like, well, it takes two to three months to get in. That can't help with a, when a kid is, you know, struggling and suicidal last night. It's really tough how, how the healthcare system is. I mean, in, in that piece about just the uh, availability of providers. So um, Ben, my husband who started the, the nonprofit has gone through so many hoops trying to be able to work with Medicaid and other insurance companies. Like they make it really hard on the provider side too. And mm-hmm. it, it, for folks, Uh, So he's down in the West End, right on the other side of TQL Stadium. And there's so much need in that neighborhood. I mean, if you just look at pockets of where there's so much need for physical health, mental health, Mm -hmm. infrastructure, and they make it so, so challenging for anyone to really get or give care unless you're, you know, able to have the kind of self-pay Yep, I I got the check covered. And I think the most important thing we can do is keep speaking out and then speaking out to people who can change things. I'll save everybody my soapbox on insurance companies and them being in the business to not pay for care. But that's probably a different podcast for a different time. Um, But I think if we can just speak out when there are a couple months ago, I think it was Mental Health Awareness Month. We need to make every month Mental Health Awareness Month. And we just need to speak and speak about what we need. I I have to share this. I was with some uh, people, I think last week, and there were a couple fifth graders there. And the work I do is really focused on kids being able to meet educational outcomes, mm-hmm. to be able to get to economic mobility. And we always say like, kids have the answers. Like if we just talk to kids about what they need, they would tell grownups. And so I asked um, this one fifth grade boy and I said, hey, what do you think? Like if you were doing my job, what would you tell people? And he was like, this is a 10, 11 year old kid. He'd say, I I think kids need mental health support. They need mental health in school. They need to be told it's okay. And this is a little boy who actually is going to counseling Mm -hmm. and working through some of his own like really big feelings. We all know what it was like to be a kid and have these big feelings that we just couldn't quite articulate. And I just like sat back and was like, damn, if other people could hear that if we could start norming that from our teeny tiny little ones all the way to, you know, folks, my parents age who are in their late yeah. 60s. I think there would be something so powerful. But if we're silent, no one will ever know. And one thing I want to add and welcome back, Tyler. We're happy to see the face. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I want to ask, a lot of people are like asking questions and asking advice is like one part of the mental game that I'm trying to work out. And like now that it's like a real thing in a business, I have to go through all the hoops of partnering with somebody and, and trying to figure it out. But I want there to be an option where you can like, and we have the technology for it, it's just figuring out where, who, like which um, hospital or agency is going to do it with us, where you can record a callback and ask a question like in here and at the end of the episode – like we'll play some callbacks for a psychiatrist or a therapist and they'll, you know, kind of answer questions so that it can help people more than just hearing their favorite athlete or musician talk about what they've gone through. That's awesome. All right. Sorry about that. Um, I stepped out and then, then I started having camera issues and then I was just like, (laughs) all right, well, that's uh, I can laugh about that. So um, yeah. Uh, nine years, uh, nine years ago, and it obviously doesn't get easier to talk about, but, um, yeah, I uh, lost my best friend nine years ago to rheumatic fever, um, which you have better odds of winning the lottery than getting. So, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a shock to everyone here and, um, uh, in my little small community, 
Uh, and it took me a while to get over. Um, I know I, I struggled a little bit because uh, it happened in the summer. Uh, went back to college that, that fall. Struggled. Um, mine went to some bad places. Uh, and it, 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 I kept everything to myself. And it finally hit to the point where uh, everything kind of culminated. And it was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and uh, I was like, I should get behind a behind the wheel of my car, had bad thoughts. And fortunately I, I made it back to my apartment and that night I had talked to my brother and I was like, you know, from that point, I was like, I, I gotta, you, you gotta talk to people about this stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so thankful you did, man. You're one of my favorite people. You know that I love you. And that's uh, shared by a lot of people here, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, a lot of courage speaking up about that and telling that story. I mean, that's for I mean, for a lot of people they don't and then they either don't talk to somebody about it or they don't tell their story and it ends a different way. So I'm really happy that you know, you spoke up to your brother and made it home and 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 I hope, you know, you've got stronger since that moment. Yeah, um fortunately it's um it throws a lot of perspective on things and Probably why I'm an annoyingly positive Bengals fan all the time. Because, yeah. <laughs> we need we need <laughs> some more of that. <laughs> I mean, no matter what happens on the field, it's there. There's greater tragedies outside that you know need to be addressed rather than something you can't even control. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, guys, I don't. I don't. I don't think this would be a show where we could just transition to football talk. I really don't. You know, we've shared some pretty good stories, and uh, there's other days to talk about football, like Tyler said. In my opinion, we can just uh, anybody. We can kind of go around, and anybody that wants to talk about anything else, or if there's any questions in the chat, we can give you guys a few minutes to ask those, and then we'll probably just end this one because. You know, I think it was very good, and I'm just – I'm so thankful for what you're doing personally, Brandon. It, it means a lot. Thank you. That means a lot. And, I, yeah, I'm an open book. If you guys have any random questions about, you know, sports reporter life or, or the mental health side of things or things in the chat, like, I think I've just – I've got really lucky where I've been able to take two passions of mine and kind of bring them together. And it's like – it's just crazy that, you know, a year ago – I was still in, in, in that relationship that, you know, the way it ended put me in the spot where I was suicidal again and at the lowest low of my life. And this wasn't even on the radar. And it's just crazy what happens when, like, you kind of put yourself first and, and get, get life together and, and try to make yourself happy. And, yeah, now I'm pumped about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm an open book. I'll answer anything. Brandon, what can we do as fans of yours, as fellow fans of Cincinnati sports, whether you live in Cincinnati, whether you don't, what can we do, you know, as you launch this really incredible storytelling platform to be able to bring attention to this? What can we do? Like, how can we amplify it? What can we do to help you be able to tell these stories kind of further and wider. I think just like the feedback, like if you like these stories, you know, tweet it, tweet at us, tweet at me, retweet it, repost it, watch on YouTube. um, And really just give honest feedback of these conversations. and, And if they are relatable, because I think, you know, some of the guests that I have coming up, I mean, it's like, it's a dream come true for me. Um, but I want to, to get more guests. They need to see that it works and that it, right. you know, it does really help people. And I think they will. And the way the world's changed the last two or three years with mental health coming to the forefront. Um, but I do want to try to figure out a way. And I don't know if it's going to happen this Bengals season um, or not. I want to find a way to have a, like a live podcast somewhere where I have, you know, like a special guest come up and like talk with me, but also answer questions and kind of do like a, some type of fundraiser and awareness night at, you know, a bar or a brewery or something like that. Um, or like a Bengals tailgate, um, do some type of theme at that. But I think just for now, like sharing it and, and giving honest feedback, that's because the more that this grows 
and the bigger it gets and the better guests we get, the more people we're going to help. And that's the number one thing. And that's, that's my mission is that I don't want anyone to feel like I felt six months ago where I was writing a goodbye letter and I was suicidal. That's the whole reason of me doing this. Um, so yeah, just try to support it if you like it and share it. Yeah. Which sometimes easier said than done. We know that uh, as people who try to book guests, but yeah, Kevin Love, yeah, he has talked about it quite a bit. So yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, support the show and everything. And you know, maybe that's somebody in the future they could have. Hayden Hurst, you didn't have this season, correct? Uh, not yet. You know, Caden and I have talked about it because um, we played in a charity golf outing together. And then during camp, the problem is with um, the timing of me realizing I'm going to do this show and leaving my old job was that it's football season. Yep. You want to get these athletes in their off season. And so Hayden, I think Hayden is going to sit down and do this podcast one day just after the season. Cause you know, he explained to me and I'll keep most of that conversation private, but just that, you know, it's emotional still like it gives him anxiety. Well, duh, yeah. Like I totally understand. I've been yeah. there. I get it. So um, yeah, he's definitely a guest Hayden Hurst. I want to have on, I reached out to Kevin love um got a little bit of feedback from the Cavs, but nothing ever materialized before the season started but like we were talking about with bridget's question the more it grows the you know the bigger guests we we have it's gonna it's gonna spread like i mean like for instance i reached out i've i don't know how i started doing this but i've become i have it down to a science when it comes to reaching out to people's like publicists and managers when it and, and like music and tv and it is a tireless thing it is wild but I reached out to some actor, got told no, and then like two hours later, this happened yesterday, Dane Cook's manager emails me and is like, hey, we heard about the podcast, we want to come on. And I'm like, if that just ha – when we put this out, like Bridget's question, I think that's how you get – when people see what it does and how it helps people, yeah. it's going to be – I hope it spreads like wildfire. And, I mean, it'll be cool for me to get to talk to some some pretty cool people that I've idolized, but – like I said, the biggest thing is helping people and getting to spread that it's okay to not be okay and to want to get help. Yeah. And here's kind of a question from our buddy, Jeff. Now I would say probably more feedback, but you never know. There's certain people in every field, but feedback or backlash from any fellow reporters about what you're trying to do. And I will say I got, um, Oh, about what I'm trying to do now. Um, yeah, or struggling with, you know, when Yeah. Just... Uh no, I I got a lot of support. Um I'll say like the Cincinnati Bengals beat is is really really tight knit. And so um yeah, I've had a lot of support when I was going through that. I had people reach out to me. You know, this is a this is a story that I haven't told before. Um where so George Vogel, longtime sports anchor and sports director at WLWT in Cincinnati him and I worked together for five years um, that night uh, or a, a separate night from when I wrote the goodbye letter, it was right before I was going to check into the mental hospital. I started uh, like cutting myself in the bathroom and calling people to tell him goodbye. And he was the first one that I called and I hope he's okay with me telling this story, but he came over that night right away and sat with me and talked with me for, you know, three or four hours um, and kind of got me out of that headspace, and you know, so I that's that's a very very um, a very very big story of you know support, but yeah, everyone was super supportive, and with the podcast, it has been a lot of support. There's been um, a couple hiccups, but like nothing nothing crazy. It's been super supportive, which I'm grateful for. Um, like people have helped me get, like I used to cover LSU, so some of the guys that's, you know, working in, in the sports administration at, at LSU helped um, line up Kaylee Hartung, the sideline reporter um, for Thursday Night Football on Amazon. She's on TV in 20 minutes. And when they were in Cincinnati, you know, she opened up to me about her life and her, her story's crazy. Like it's, she, she went through a traumatic loss. Her dad died when she was 10 in an air show in front of 30,000 people. And she saw the story on CNN that night. And they didn't mention his name, his family, where he was from, anything. And at that moment, she decided she wanted to be a reporter and tell people's stories so they would never feel like she did. And so that's the type of impact. I know I'm plugging a lot, but those are the impactful conversations that are going to help a lot of people that can relate where they lost a parent at a young age or they struggle with something at a young age. 
I feel like we need to coordinate uh, before the season is done, like wear orange in support of mental health awareness. Like you were saying, Brandon, at a tailgate, if we can do something like that. But even like, think about how much traction the whiteout got. Like what yeah. if we did things like that? And like, it's crucial catch month that I know will be, um, representing people like our loved ones who have either who we've lost to cancer or who have survived mm -hmm. it, it, if there's a an opportunity to do more like i would love that and just bringing awareness and letting people know that it's okay i'm i was trying to find the stats on um uh, so in 2019, 50 million American adults experienced a mental illness. 50 million adults. It is not, it's not one of those things where, oh, it's just, you know, that person over there and they just need to get it out. Like they, they just need to get their head right. Um, it's legitimately widespread. And if we can like create space for one another to be like, yep, I see you. I hear you. And Brandon, I love what you've said both about you reaching out to people, but also people reaching out to check on you. And that's the shared humanity and mental health that we all need. Reach out if you need something. And like you were saying, check in on your check in on your friends. Something doesn't seem quite right. Or even if it does, check in because yeah. sometimes that like, how the fuck are you? Things have been really hard in the world lately. How are you doing? Those things really really matter and if we can norm that like i get it i see you i think that just starts to help shift mm -hmm. the gears and really i think can start making the difference we want to see right i was well, gonna oh sorry i was just gonna good. say that 50 million i was muted i didn't realize it but that 50 million number is reported right so how many others are out there that you know hasn't haven't spoken up to say what they're going through yeah, and I was going to say, like, you talk about even if they seem okay, like, I lived a pretty, like, public life, public job where, like, for two – like, that whole Bengals playoff run, I was miserable. I was, like, my ex and I were fighting nonstop. Like, I was suicidal. Like, it was – but 6 o'clock, 11 o'clock, post-game show, whatever, I'm smiling. I'm, like, doing the best I can. Like, I can't lie. Like, it was the best experience of my life interviewing, you know, Joe and Jamar and – and everyone on the field after the game in Kansas city to go to the super bowl. But like you, I mean, you can ask people I work with who knew the shit that I was going through. Like they saw it flip like that. Like I got off the air and I'm looking at my phone. Like, can I just have that like happiness back? Like I'm just, I, I'm so yeah, no, you got to check in on everyone. Even if they look like they're doing good because they might not be. Absolutely. Tyler, do you have any questions or anything for Brandon? Uh, not, uh, not that I can think of right now. You're just ready for that FC Cincinnati game, right? Go FCC, uh, baby. Yeah. FCC. Uh, See, FCC. I did, it probably, I did it for you, honestly, Tyler. I appreciate it, Dale. I've honestly just kind of just blanked on it for the last 30 minutes here or so. Yeah, oh, you're fine, buddy. We love you. I was going to ask, do you guys – so do you guys, like, go to every – are you guys all Cincinnati-based? Do you go to every Bengals game? I'm two I'm hours away. Going. Yeah, I'm in two hours away, but I uh, I have season tickets. So, yeah, still go. I go. Well, I'm in Columbia, Tusculum, so I'm super close. Oh, okay, nice. I live in Oakley, so that's right around the corner. Yeah, I'm up, um, I'm up in uh, Dayton, but I have oh, season okay. tickets for uh, FCC and – uh, Bengals. So half of my years in Cincinnati. There you go. That's awesome. Well, if you guys end up wanting to do some type of, you know, mental health tailgate or something, um, please like, let me know. I'll, you know, once you guys organize it or I can try to help or someone, yeah, you know, here can like, I will definitely show up and support and whatever we can do. If there's a nonprofit we can partner with or just raising awareness, whatever it is, I'll definitely go. I might have a couple beers if that's all right, but 
We we allow it. We allow it. I set my over under for four. I knew this one would be tough. I haven't been feeling good. This is only number two. The people are probably so disappointed in me. Oh They're man, come see, close. See, I'm. I, I need one. I'm gonna go watch football. I'm actually in our studio here at Chatterbox Sports up in Hamilton. So I got about a 30 minute drive home, and then it's Coors Lights. There you go. See, I'm a Miller Lite guy. I'm still waiting on that sponsorship, but it hasn't that's, came through yet. I'm, that's why I plug it everything I'm on. I'm like, yeah, I love Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, I do too, every time. All right, well, I, thank you for your time, Bridget. Well, well Dale, well, uh, Derek put in something. So for the – it looks like that Monday night game, they're raising money for the Hayden Hurst Foundation. We're putting Derek through a table for mental health awareness already. I did forget <laughs> about that because it's kind of – doesn't make a lot of sense, but we're doing it. So, because that's right. Bill's fan thing. We just, that's, we just wanted that's to put someone second. through a table. <laughs> yeah, that's the 2nd of uh, January, right? That's right after, right. Oh, that's right after gambling's yes, legalized right. in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I like that sometimes. The, uh, you know, I, I would that would be a good idea. If y'all can um, partner up with them or someone, I'll definitely show up and have some Coors Lights and try to try to speak up on mental health for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, they have microphone and stuff, too, so even if you just wanted to talk about it here or there, you know, and we could maybe, yeah, they do different fundraisers, so I'd have to talk to the guys. Who, we're not, like, Bomb Squad members, but we just park close to there. Yeah. So it's like, like Bengals captain that wears a captain suit and a bunch of Oh, yeah, I love I lo- yeah, I love him and, yeah. and his wife. Yeah, they're great. So a lot of time, like, you know, we can potentially talk to them and see, you know, maybe that week could be coordinated to be for – completely for the Hayden Hurst thing that they do. So every week at the tailgate, they're done for a different cause. Like there was one for like the Wounded Warriors and stuff, the last the Miami game and stuff like that. So Sounds good. I'm down. Just tell me when. Welcome, Regina. Uh, if you're hoping for this much normalcy, this is not a normal episode. <laughs> I'm going to just warn you. We did not cuss near as much as we usually do. But I'm trying to get better at that anyways. <laughs> See, I still got like the TV blinders on where I'm worried about the FCC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Sarah Lee on last week. So, you know, she's like, can I say penis? It's like, yes, Sarah, you can say whatever. All right, I'll let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask. She, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how That's get- anatomically correct. You should be able to say that on any... Show. Yeah, well, she was saying, like, right, she can say penis on the air, but she can't say dick on the radio. So I don't know. There you go. Any of the anatomically correct terms should be fair game. Learn something <laughs> new every day. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks for your time, Brandon. We'll we'll get you out of here. See you later. Awesome. Uh, Thank you guys so much for you. having me. That was a great yeah. conversation. If you need anything else, please reach out. And uh, Mental Game starts November 1st, correct? Where can they check that out? And November time? 1st, uh, at Brandon Seho on Twitter. You can find all of that. And then the, the Mental Game – or sorry, Mental Game Pods is the actual account. But we're going to have everyone from Sam Hubbard, the Reds, Jake Fraley, Xavier Head Coach, Sean Miller, um, comedian Dane, Dane Cook, uh, musicians, the Eli Young Band, Marky Basie, Ricky Williams, I'm going out to LA to meet him in two weeks. Nice. He's got a very, very impactful story yeah. with his career and mental health and everything he went through. So yeah, we'll have a lot of fun guests and hopefully have some really impactful conversations. Are these once a week? Do they drop once like a week? Once so a week? it's going to be. I'm actually going to put out. I'm actually here. I don't. Well, I got a really messy desk here, but let's see. I have. Uh, Tyler's oh, glitching out again. I think I know, he's my, a robot. My mic's plugged into the Forbes, but. I'm actually working on the first like little episode, which is actually going to be my story, which is going to come out next week. Um, okay. And it's going to be short, like 10 minutes, but it's going to be um, every Tuesday. I'm hoping to do it at eight o'clock is okay. going to be the release. So, and we've already got seven, eight recorded about 15 lined up. So we're good to go. Uh, Iceman says you, he tried to like to have you on his show as well sometime. All right. Sign me up. He's uh, every day at five 30. Every day, holy cow, that's commitment. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, we didn't have any good info for you, MJ, for the Falcons Bengals game. The Falcons fan there, but uh, yeah, this was a little more important, no doubt about it. <laughs> All right, Brandon, thanks for your time. All right, thanks, y'all. Have a good one. It's right. nice thanks, to meet you, Brandon. Thank you, you for too. sharing. Yeah, for sure. You too. See you guys. Bye. Let's see. 
All right, Tyler, the glitch. It's I, it's like what was that movie? The uh, anime uh, Wreck It Ralph. So you're like, oh yeah, you're oh, okay. Vanellope, right? You're Vanellope <laughs> yeah. right now. You are the glitch. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Do you have time to promote anything? I Vanellope. I got. I uh, doesn't All right, I'll try my best to promote for him. Tune in to the Morning Prowl, Sundays at 9 a.m. You can also check out Bengals Fan Counseling on uh, TikTok. He puts them on Twitter. I think he puts them probably everywhere you want to get your social media fixes at. Um, he also has great eyes. We love Tyler. He's a beautiful man. Uh, he's glitching, so we can't see his eyes very well. And then, Bridget, anything you want to plug? I mean, you can check me out at Bridget Jankars on Twitter. I uh, hang out with the number one Bengals podcast crew every Monday night at approximately 6.20 Eastern time. I say that because, like, we try to start on time, but, you know, that that shit's hard. Um, I agree, Jeff. It's Tyler's computer telling him it's time for time for FCC. Well, Dale, thank you for sharing what you shared on Twitter earlier today and on the show, the mm. more we can norm this. And I mean, I, I don't know if you were following along closely with the chat, but everybody has a story yep. that they can relate to either what they've gone through personally with their own mental health journey or what they've experienced with others. And so being able to create this space, I mean, I love that we did it now. I hope we can do it again. Yeah. Um, I hope folks can share resources. Like I was watching Saturday Night Live on Saturday, well, Sunday morning. And Megan Thee Stallion has a new website yeah, called still- <laughs> Bad Bitches Have Bad Days Too. And I kind of, or Badass Bitches Have Bad Days Too, something like that. And I was like, I love that because there's this, you know, women are we thrive off being strong women. Um, I know for her audience too, black women really struggle with the narrative of like strong black women. And when can you actually be vulnerable and say, I'm not okay. Uh, So the more we can do this, I I hope, you know, we can let people know that this is all normal. The the abnormal is unnormal or is normal. I love what you're doing and your husband's doing. I think that's that's awesome. And thank you for sharing everything you did with us as well. Um, but yeah, just, you know, people can support things like that. And we can support Brandon and his show and what the awareness he's trying to bring. We can support the Aiden Hurst Foundation. We can support the Joe Burrow Foundation that's going to be working with mental health awareness. So there's a lot of things that we can do as fans to help support this stuff because we all go through it as well. And I feel like, the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the better it gets for all of us to feel like we're not alone. And at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. It's to feel like you have people that understand what you're going through, that empathize with you, that want to help you, that want to see you do well. And, you know, then you get you return that back. That's just being good a good person back for the people that are there for you. If we had more of that, I think this whole world would be a better place, you know? It really would. So, I mean, I, I feel like people have said my DMs are open if anyone ever needs anything or wants to be connected to a resource or, hey, how do I how do I find something? I, I am always willing to just sit and be with someone to share that. I share, you know, Dale, when you share, share pieces of this on Twitter, encourage people to share resources that they're aware of, whether it's locally, nationally. Um, and I seen some can- of that today just on Twitter when I kind of, you know, after talking to my daughter this morning and stuff and they were saying, you know, if you want to share it, it's OK now, you know, and I'm like, OK, you know, I just I've always respected that you didn't really want me to. So but I was like, you know, this is. Having him on is, you know, a, a quality opportunity to share kind of why it's so important to me, you know, and why it means a lot to me personally. That was so. super brave, Dale. Like, share the stories. Um, and I think we'll eventually break the stigma and sure. people will get what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's no other cool way to transition into saying like Bet Fred and our information. So I will just tweet that out later once again. Um, yeah, I, I would hope they would understand that. So, 
All right. Well, Our, well, I, I think if we're going to bring it home to the Bengals, what we've learned is that the Bengals fan base and community is one hell of a strong and supportive group. So we'll cheer for the team on Sunday, but I think we cheer for one another every single day. And that makes us pretty fucking special. Fuck yeah. That might have been my first F word the whole episode. Who day? Who day? They ain't shit, they ain't saying shit, spring 50s A to the K, get in the way, I'll bring drain them with me And turn this day into fucking mayhem, you staying with me? Don't let me lose you, I'm not trying to confuse you When I let loose with this Uzi and just shoot through your Isuzu You get the message, am I getting through to you? You know what's coming, you motherfuckers don't even know, do you? Take some big and some pop, and you mix them up in a pot Sprinkle a little big yellow top, what the fuck do you got? You got the realest and illest killers tied up in a knot The juggernaut to this rap shit, like it or not It's like a fight to the top Just to see who died for the spot You put your life in this Nothing like surviving a shot Y'all know what time it is Soon as 50 signs on this dot Shit, what you know about death threats Cause I get a lot Shady Ratchets was 80 seconds away from the top With some cowards fought with the wrong building They meant to hit ours better